The following audio is from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Acts is available at actschurchleander.com. Uh, so it is good to be back with you all today. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I've been gone for the last uh, three Sundays or so. I, I had some outside speaking gigs, and then uh, I was on vacation for a week in Detroit, everyone's favorite tropical vacation. Uh, and then uh, my little sister got married, so I got, I got to preach at her wedding and, and send her off with uh, some guy. And so, no, he's, he's a good dude. Uh, and uh, so they're off honeymooning, and I'm, I'm happy to be home with y'all. Uh, and it's always good to be back, but I'll be honest, I'm always a little surprised at how well y'all do without me. Um, so I think I should probably just leave more often, get out of the way, and Axel will just like blow up. I don't, I don't even know what happens. Uh, but I'm especially grateful to those of you that carried uh, extra weight for me while, while I was gone. Thanks for doing that. And in particular to those that uh, filled in for me up front here in preaching. My boy Ted, thanks for doing that. And uh, there are several others. And what we've been in is this series called Axe Stories. And the way that's worked is, is each week we've gone through our values as a church and we've looked at how those are shown in Scripture and then how they're lived out in the lives of our people here. So we've seen the values in Scripture and then how they're lived out in the lives of our people here. And so our first week, we looked at our value of adventure. And we looked at Katie Evans, 24 years old, is working with a team of people from our church to get a free child care center for teen parents up and running. And then the next week, we looked at community and we saw how that plays out in the Monkey family. And then the next week, we had a surprise outdoor worship service. Uh, way to go, pulling that together, team. Uh, and we, we looked at uh, transformation, and we looked at the life of our, our brother Cody Allison and what God's worked in him in the last couple years. And then last week, uh, we looked at the Holies and their story of how God has sent them and, and how he uses them, and, and Ted shared God's word with us there. So these are our values, right? Adventure, community, transformation, sending. These are our values. And so as we wrap this series up, we're going to start a new series next week called Simple, Unclouding the Christian Faith, where we're going to pick some topics that are oftentimes very cloudy for us. We're saying, man, what does it mean? What are we doing out there? We're going to spend six weeks unpacking those, so Simple's next week. But as we close up this series, the question is, what does it look like when all of these values come together? Like, like what's our end goal? What, what, is thing, what, what actually happens when we live these values out completely as a church? And this is what I'd say. What happens is we become a community on mission. A community on mission. When we live into these values, we become a community on mission. And that's what we see in the early church. And hopefully that's what we see in ours. So if you guys look with me at the first couple verses in our text, verses 19 and 20. It says, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. All right, so let's walk through this real quick. Our, our text tells us that, that people scattered as persecution broke out in Jerusalem over the, the, the martyring of Stephen, the stoning of Stephen. And so a quick reminder, uh, Stephen was the first martyr of the Christian faith, uh, and he was killed in the city of Jerusalem, which was the only place the church was at in this time. And so persecution breaks out there, and the Christians say, hey man, we don't want to get killed either. And so they take off, and they spread out, and they go as far as uh, Phoenicia, uh, which is a country just north of Israel. They go to Cyprus, which is an island off uh, the coast of Syria. And then it says some of them went as far as Antioch, which is a city in Syria about 375 miles from Jerusalem. It's also a Sunday evening worship service in a coffee shop, if anyone's interested, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, anyways, now what's amazing though about our text today 
and the story of the early Christians is, is you would think, okay, these guys are being persecuted. The government's coming after them. All different people groups are trying to crush them, trying to stop their message from getting out there. And they got to spread out. And so you would think their message would just get squashed. But that isn't what happened. In the midst of persecution, the church flourishes. It blows up. So much so that, that Antioch is called the cradle of Christianity. That it's the place where Christianity grew up and went out to the ends of the earth. And that's kind of amazing because Antioch was a really big deal at this time. It was the third largest city in the Roman Empire. It was the political, military, and commercial center for Roman Syria. And it was on the Persian frontier. It had a population of over half a million people at that time. It was a key player in the economics of its day. It was, uh, it was central to the spice trade. It was on the Persian Silk Road, the Persian Royal Road. And so we just look at Antioch and we see the world went to and it went through this city. And it just so happened, it just so happened that a few of these first followers of Jesus found themselves in this city. What a coincidence, right? It's amazing. It's amazing. And so as this group of Christians land in a new city, we see the first thing that they do. Spoke to the Hellenists, or the Greeks, also preaching the Lord Jesus. That's the first thing they do, is they tell people about Jesus. They get spread to another city and they plant a new church. First church plant ever. But here's what's key. I want us to take special note of, of, of who is telling people the good news about Jesus. It says, some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene. That's who's doing it. Some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene. Now, this little detail is huge. And why is that? Because this is the beginning of the church, man. Like, the greatest preachers and teachers and theologians and evangelists and missionaries that have ever lived are happening right now. But they're not the ones that started the first church plan ever. It's not Peter. It's not Paul. It's not John. It's not James, the brother of Jesus. No, 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 no. It's just some of them. Some of them. Men from Cyprus and Cyrene. Regular Christians. Some men. Some men move into a new city surrounded by people not like them. Surrounded by people who look at the world differently than they do. Surrounded by people from all over the world. And the first thing they do, the first thing they do is not wait for the professional church workers to show up. The first thing they do is they tell people the good news about Jesus. It's amazing. And we say, all right, good for them. What does that mean for us? Well, depending on what stats you read, Austin, the Austin area, is either the fastest growing or the second fastest growing city in the entire country. Once again, depending on who you read, upwards of 140 people move into the Austin area every single day. Every single day. The world is coming to and through our city. And of folks moving to the Austin area, I just learned this statistic, only 17% are connected to the local church. 17% are connected to the local church. And so there's this great opportunity for us to be a community on mission, to connect folks to Jesus and to his church. But why do that? Why should we do that? Look with me at the next few verses, 21 through 23. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. 
And so we see that as this church in Antioch, as it starts to take off, they send in Barnabas to be the pastor. And he goes in, and he's the pastor of this new church, and he shows up and he does one thing. He tells him to do one thing. He says, remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Another way to translate that, remain faithful to the Lord with all your heart. And see, that's it, man. Like, that's what it's all about. It's just about being faithful to Jesus. Like, we don't do what we do. We don't worship in a gym and, and do setting Sundays and things like this because we think it's cool and, and whatever. We do it because we're just trying to be faithful to Jesus. We're just trying to do what he's called us to do. It's just about being faithful to him. We, like those early Christians in Antioch, are sent out into the world because Jesus sends us out, right? See, after Jesus pays the price for our sins and the sins of the whole world on the cross, he dies, he's buried, rises three days later, conquers death. We have hope of eternity with him. Before he ascends back into heaven, he gives us a command. He gives us a mission. John 20, he says, As the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. See, we're called to be faithful to him, and so we're called to be sent. Faith in Jesus and being sent by Jesus are inseparable. They work together. Our boy Martin Luther understood this really well, or he's at least my boy. I don't know if he's yours, but I love him. He said this, The Lord wants to say, You have received enough from me. Peace and joy and everything you ought to have. Personally, you need no more. Therefore, work now. Look at what I have done and imitate it. My Father has sent me into the world for your sake alone in order to help you, not to benefit myself. This I have done. I have died for you and given you all I am and have. Therefore, you should think and act in like manner. Henceforth, spend your lives serving and helping everyone. Otherwise, you would have nothing to do on earth. For through faith, you have enough of everything. Therefore, I send you into the world as my Father has sent me. That is, that every Christian may instruct and teach his fellow man also to come to Christ. See, faith in Jesus and being sent by Jesus are inseparable. They just go together. It's just how it works. And you say, well, what does that look like, Gabe? That sounds kind of intimidating. Like, are we supposed to get on the corners with, with bullhorns? We've got to go to the mall with tracks and tell people some spiritual laws. We're going to argue people door to door. Like, like, what does that look like? Well, I don't think it's that. Uh, but I do think our, our friends, uh, Rick and Brenda Masalink, uh, do a good job of, of showing us what that looks like. Uh, they, they lead a team of people down to Costa Rica. You hear a little bit about that in their story here. Uh, Brenda is also our volunteer coordinator. She recruits people and helps people to, to serve here on Sundays. And so uh, they're great examples of what it looks like for us to be a community on mission. And so I just want you all to check out their story for a few moments here. I grew up in a Christian home, went to Lutheran Church. My dad was president of the congregation at times, off and on. We moved overseas, went to a um, non-denominational church at the American School in Dubai. So I've been part of church my entire life, and whenever Rick and I got married, um, we were married in Lutheran Church, and then came, had our children, and joined Lutheran Church, and we've been part of a church since We've married some. Mine's a little different. Um, also grew up in a Christian family. We grew up Catholic. 
Um, but probably straight a bit from that is uh, going through college and stuff. I call it kind of my recreational Catholic years. Um, but when Brenda and I met, um, I mean, it was evident to me and her family that the, that was a strong family value. And um, as we talked about um, with the relationship and going forward in marriage, it was we decided it was important to us that we established a, a solid faith foundation and and hers was much stronger than mine so I did the training and did the the, the grilling from the pastor at the time um, and got married in Lutheran Church and uh, and I don't know that was anything um, big moment along the way I think um, we just want to stay involved with our kids is a it was important for us that they have a, a strong faith foundation in the family and, uh, and so we just as they go went through Sunday school and confirmation we were always somewhat involved. We weren't the over, overly zealous parents, but we wanted to stay in touch with that. And, uh, and, now, and then seeing them blossom in their camp relationships has really been an awesome blessing for both of us. And we're just really proud of, of how they've developed and kind of look for many ways. We look to them as examples of how we should serve. And I think we were, we were fortunate and blessed to have really good role models in the churches that we were uh, members of at the time, and uh, so just think of the the pastors that did confirmation for Jonathan, and the pastors that different ones that did for for um, for Sarah and Thomas, and then just their their connections through camp and the relationships they formed there have really I think um, gone a long way in, in developing their walk. As they were going through camp and stuff, I think that I started learning from them because they were learning things at camp that. I did not experience when I was 16, 17. So. Well, I think um, obvious one for us is the Costa Rica mission, um, and and just coming back from that, having that fresh in our, our memory of another awesome experience down there. Um, like I, like I shared with, with you when we were down there, I, I honestly thought the first time I went down there, it would be the one time, check it off the bucket list, and, and move on to other things, and this just obviously hasn't happened. And now I can't imagine not going. I mean, yeah. for me, I don't know about you, but me. And the, what really you know, energizes me about that is just, you, you really get to see God's work in a very striking environment. And, I mean, he's working everywhere. There's no doubt about that. He's present everywhere, and he's here. He's everywhere. But when you see it in a different context, when you see um, families that you couldn't imagine living in the conditions that they live in, with dirt floors and you know corrugated tin for a roof thrown together, um, and nothing really to no food, nothing really to cook on if they had food, but they're just so happy and um, just so thankful and feel blessed by God. Because they'd come from another, they're refugees from another country, and the, the living condition, conditions that they escaped from were so much worse. And they're just thankful for every little thing. And that's just really, that touches me every year. Um, I mean, as my role as the volunteer leader, just the people that want to help is awesome. I mean, they're, people don't normally say no. Say, I call and ask. Most people say yes. And so it's awesome to have them say yes and then show up and the 
the group and the team that we have setting up church and stuff is awesome. I really enjoy that. So, so just people serving on a Sunday morning is to you, it's been an evidence of God's sort of oh, yeah, ministry. Absolutely. So, awesome. I was, I mean, I would say just sign up for something. I mean, that's, just, that's the first start. I mean, you may not like it, you don't have to do it again, but try it. You can't, if you don't do anything, then you won't experience what God wants you to, to Just do. be willing to try something new. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I say the same thing, just give it a try. Um, I mean, God's got a plan for everybody, um, and it's not, I think people feel pressured they have to do, do a certain thing, or reach out a certain way, or serve a certain way, or say the right prayers or be able to evangelize stuff like that it's nothing to do with that it's just just, just be there just be just be there for people and the whole thing about um, you know whether it's a mission trip or sending and serving locally is all you're doing is is loving on people and serving people and um, and just give it a try and um, God will take care of it God, God has a plan for everybody um, and it's, you don't need to stress out on what you think is the right way or the correct way just just give it a try it's usually going to work out to be pretty fun. That's what I mean. That's what it has for us. Yeah. I just think that at some point there was no reason not to. I there was no reason for me not to want to serve because it wasn't about me. So. Thanks to Rick and Brenda for sharing their story with us. So what I love about their story is how simple it is, right? Like they talked about, hey, we were just raising our kids in the faith and we just wanted to be involved in their life and, and that ended up helping us grow. And, and Rick said, hey, I just went to, to Costa Rica one time, thought I'd check it off the bucket list and now he's six, seven years later and still leading crews from churches all over down there. And, and Brenda, you know, signed up to be a volunteer coordinator here and got way more than she bargained for and is still, still hanging on. Um, and so it's, it's just incredible to see. It's just this simple, humble posture and what God does through that, how he creates a community on mission through just simple, humble posture. And that's the same thing for us. That's not about us, but that there's a heart of humility and service for us. And so that's why days like today are so important to our church. Because we, we think about it like, so those of you that are staying here, you'll be folding papers. Like, that's what you're doing today. And it's such a simple task. But what you're doing is you're helping a school that was once the worst school in the state of Texas. And so you're being a part of God doing something new there. And those of you that are going to 207 Sunny, you're going to be, I think, cleaning under the, the brilliant leadership of Brian Van Horn and... And, uh, and that's going to be rough. It's not going to be easy, but that's going to be a place where, where little babies are going to be taken care of and they're going to be told the gospel. And it's a place where we're going to gather for worship and people are going to hear about Jesus. And so it really matters. And there's people right now at a therapeutic writing center for kids uh, that, that are handicapped that are picking rock. It's not very special, right? It's very humbling. That's just what they're doing. It's, it's humble service and God does incredible things through that. Those of you that are coming with me, Community Garden, that's going to be a place where, where fresh food, fresh produce is going to be given to people in need. And we get to move mulch. It's a good gig. 
It's a good gig. We get to be a community on mission. And see, our mission isn't about our name. It's not about how great we are, about our power, but it's all about Jesus. It's about the name that he's given us. It's about the name that he's given us. This is what happens in our text. This as we close, verse 25 through 26. Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Did you guys catch that last line? Verse 26. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. First time in the history of the world that anyone was ever called a Christian happened at Antioch. And that's the name that we're called today. And that's a big name. That's an important name. The Greek word is, is Christianos. It literally means belonging to Christ. And so to be called a Christian means you belong to Christ. And that's really good news. Because what that means is no matter who you are, what you've done, what you haven't done, whatever that's been for, you put your trust in Jesus, it means you belong to Christ. You're in Him. And so we belong to Christ. And that means we're not sent alone. It means you're not sent alone. It means today and every day Jesus says to you, Lo, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And he says to you, I know my sheep and my sheep know me and no one will be able to snatch them from my hands. You belong to Christ and he is the one who's leading us today. Let's pray to him. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you that you've claimed us to be your own. That wherever we're coming from, that you have said that we are your children. Lord Jesus, teach us to live in that reality, and as we do that, may we be faithful to you as we're sent. Pray that your presence be with us as we go from this place. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.